the 130th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're going to talk about Baylor transfer, Matthew Mayer withdrawing from the NBA draft and how that affects Carolina's offseason plans and their potential pursuit of him in the transfer portal moving forward. We also have some closing notes free that we're going to cover to get you up to date on the latest happening with Carolina basketball on and off the court. But before we do any of that, we start every edition, as we always do, with our pod thought of the day. And we go to the great, the late Stuart Scott, um, who, of course, graduated from Carolina, famous ESPN uh, Sports Center anchor who lost his life to cancer um, many years ago. And Stuart Scott once said, every day I am reminded that our life's journey is really about the people who touch us. And hopefully this, uh, this episode of the podcast is another reminder of how Carolina basketball has touched us on our many different walks and many different journeys in life. But buddy, um, you are back. After we celebrated your birthday last week, you survived my birthday song. You survived the birthday meal. And now, now we got to get into the nitty gritty because over the weekend, uh, Matthew Mayer did officially withdraw his name from the 2022 NBA draft. The Baylor product averaged 9.8 points per game on 41% shooting from the field while shooting just 32% from behind the three-point line. And for his career at Baylor, um, he did average 6.9 points per game, shot 41% from the floor, and was a career 35% shooter from behind the three-point line. And what's interesting about him is that um, not only did he withdraw his name from the draft, but from, from from his own words is that no matter what happens, he will not be returning to Baylor. So before we kind of break down the Carolina aspect of it, were you surprised that he just made it known that this is a program that two years ago won a national championship? Last year was a one seed before, of course, they lost to Carolina in the second round. They're losing guys from last year's team, which would, in theory, make it feel like Mayer would have a much larger role 
for Baylor next season. Were you surprised that he not only withdrew from the NBA draft, but did announce that he will not be returning to Scott Drew's program in Waco for the 2022-23 season? Um, I, I mean, in, in terms of the draft, no. I think we kind of thought that. I don't think he's really that complete player just yet. I know that he was a starter this past year for them, and you started to see some of those elements, but I think coming back made sense. And in terms of, you know, him thinking about coming back to Baylor, I mean, look, it's it's kind of tough nowadays to enter your name into the transfer portal. And, and I know a lot of kids still do this. They say, look, I'm still going to consider my school. But usually when you enter your name into the portal, that is pretty much it for you with a certain school. Usually the school is going to start looking in a different direction. And I feel like that's probably what Baylor has been doing as well. Um, and, you know, I think it makes, it makes sense for, for him to, you know, potentially go somewhere, be coached by a different coach. And maybe he feels like Scott Drew kind of got the most out of him that he could. Um, you know, that Baylor team, I still think is, is going to be one of the better ones in the country, but you know, if he ends up at Carolina, that's probably a spot where maybe he feels like he has a better chance to win a national championship, uh, than at Baylor. So, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really shocked by either one of them. I got to be honest. I, I think it makes sense from both aspects. And clearly as a guy that has talked about him as an option for Carolina in the transfer portal with that scholarship now freed up, uh, it's definitely exciting to think about the, the, the opportunity that um, Carolina could have to land his commitment and potentially add that missing piece right now that is being left behind with Brady Manick having graduated and and moving on to hopefully his own NBA or at least G League career. Well, as as we mentioned, he when he when he entered the portal, you could imagine that uh, many other programs, not just Carolina, were contacted Mayor. And these are the schools that um, are confirmed to have reached out and, and have some sort of contact, some sort of relationship with him. Carolina, of course. Texas Tech, Illinois, USC, that being Southern California, Memphis, Arkansas, and Alabama. And the thing to note about all the programs that are that have reached uh, Mayor, uh, they all made the NCAA tournament last year, and all those schools that listed figure to be teams that could very likely end up making a Final Four or winning a national championship this upcoming season. So with those seven schools listed, how confident or, or how do we feel about the chances that that Carolina is the front runner to get him? Because if you leave, if you, if you read into the tea leaves and you follow all the stuff on social media, he, he most recently followed Caleb Love, some Tar Heel coaches and some other Tar Heel players, which in the, in the, the world we live in today, when that stuff happens, we kind of that kind of leads us to believe he's he's trending towards Carolina. So as we're sitting here, you know, 72 hours after he withdrew from the NBA draft. How do we feel about Mayer being at Chapel Hill over those other places next season? I mean, he definitely has the strongest connections just from the outside looking into Carolina. Uh, I, I haven't really seen any of the other teams that have really been attached to him the way that the Toriels have. But, um, you know, I would say that Arkansas's success on the recruiting trail is worth noting. That's something that I think you've got to keep in mind. 
And, you know, with Texas Tech, I think it's just interesting because they lose Shannon. We feel like he's a guy that fills a similar role, so maybe they could look there. But I feel pretty confident. And one of the big reasons is if you just go and look about, you know, he, he, him withdrawing his name from the NBA draft, who are the majority of sites that are writing about him withdrawing his name from the draft? They're Tar Heel associated sites. I didn't see any other sites that were writing about that. So that would that that would tell me that it seems like the Tar Heels are the most connected to him at this point because you feel like one of the other sites would have written something about it. So I, I feel pretty confident at this point, um, and you should because Carolina is oh, after that run they are a trendy destination again. They're returning everybody but Brady Manick from a year ago. This is deemed in our minds and probably by a lot around college basketball as the redemption tour part two. Carolina is going to be, if not the favorite, one of the favorites to win the national championship. So, uh, you know, if if they really want a guy, you should feel pretty confident. And I feel like, you know, I I know that Armando and some of the other players aren't going to speak for what Hubert Davis and the coaching staff wants in every scenario, but it feels like they're a pretty good representation and they seem like they are pretty aggressive in trying to go after him. Um, And that was when he was still in the draft. So I I really do think Carolina's got a heck of a shot here. You mentioned the Tar Heel sites that were covering the news. You can head over to heeltoughblog.com to check out my breakdown of him leaving or withdrawing from the NBA draft and entering his name completely in the portal. And I, I thought you mentioned a you know, great point that, that Carolina is now the, the cool place to be again um, because you're coming off a run to the national title game where you were roughly three minutes away from winning a national championship. You're bringing back four, four starters from, from a starting five that played 35 minutes or more the last month or a half of the season. And, um, even though we're very confident in the likes of a Puff Johnson or a Dontress Styles to step in that role that Brady Manick played last year and Carolina can still be national title good, there's no denying that a potential addition of, of, of Mayer would really take Carolina or really cement them as either the favorite or a co-favorite to win the national championship next season. But there aren't many tar, there are there are a lot of Tar Heel fans that are of a different opinion that they don't think that um, Carolina needs him. They think that with the four starters that are coming back, with the guys that, that played big minutes off uh, off the bench the last month and a half of the season or so, the aforementioned Styles and, and Puff Johnson, you add in um, you know four new recruits to this team, the team's going to be naturally a lot deeper than it was last year, that Carolina doesn't need Mayer to, to achieve all of the goals in the regular season and the postseason. Do you agree with that notion? I mean, it, it's it's tough because I will say it this way. If they don't get mayor, I don't think then all of a sudden you say to yourself, well, this isn't a team that's competing for a national championship. I, I don't think this is the guy that puts them in contention for a title. I think it, it is it is big. I think that there are some people that do believe that, and I saw this today, and I, I, I couldn't believe it, and it was multiple people. There are people that believe that Puff Johnson, even if they got him, would still start over Matthew Mayer. 
Um, and I, I, I don't look, I'm not, I'm not going to say either way. Maybe that is true. Maybe Pup Johnson does evolve into that guy that can just knock down, you know, 45% from the outside, similar to what his brother did at a time. And it'll be that hard to keep him off the floor. Um, it, it's always possible, but if they were to get mayor or have a chance to get mayor, they should be all over that opportunity. There should not be any thought of turning him away and saying, nah, we're good. Because my thing is, you've got a free scholarship. What else are you going to use it on? You don't need a point guard. That's That was a, a scenario that was talked about when you were still wondering about the future of Caleb Love. That's over now. You don't have to worry about that. So you don't need that. I mean, what are you looking for? The only other, the only other thing that would even remotely enter my mind would be maybe more depth at the five behind Armando Baycott because you just don't know if Will Shaver's ready to be that guy. But I feel like you're going to play Armando Baycott about as much as you possibly can this year. Um, and, and at times, you'll probably just live with a really small lineup being on the floor. Um, like you, you know, did at times this past year. So, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get that notion. Look, I, I've said it. I think that you know him and him and Nance, um, Pete, Peter Nance, uh, Pete Nance, uh, who is a guy that is transferring from Northwestern, um, or at least he's in the transfer portal. He's still a guy that's in the NBA draft as of right now. I think if he was to pull his name out, there could be a case that Nance maybe fits what you want to do a little bit better, um, that he would maybe be a guy that could give you a little more offensively. But he also comes from a team that hasn't had as much success where, yeah, he he scored at a higher volume because he had to. He was the best player on his team. It frankly wasn't even close. So I, 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 I see where maybe if you're just talking about the specific player, you may say, well, I think some, but one of these other guys fits better. And to me, the only answer is Nance. I saw some people floating Patrick Baldwin Jr. out there, not even close. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is a horrendous three-point shooter. He shot, well, I, I remember uh, when we were talking about some of the options, I think it was like 26%. You don't want any part of that. That's that, that would be basically going back to two bigs. That's not where Carolina needs to go. That's not the direction they should lo be looking to go in. Um, but if you think that that is not an area where they, they should look to add somebody, I just don't really know what to tell you. I, I think that's an area that right now is probably the clear weakness if there is one with this team. Um, and I think if, if you can take some of that pressure off of Puff Johnson, um, you know, or if, if Puff was to evolve, if you could add a guy like Matthew Mayer, who was a key part of a national title team for Baylor coming off the bench, if you could add that guy as your main guy off the bench, not really understanding why you would turn that away. Yeah, I don't get the notion that Carolina doesn't need to exhaust the possibility of getting him. Uh, when, when the transfer portal season started heating up and when, um, when, when, when Terrence Shannon entered his name into the portal, I told you right away that was the first guy I wanted Carolina to go and get. 
And that's not, that's not going to happen. When Kevin O'Banner entered the transfer portal, also from Texas Tech, that was also a guy that I said, okay, Carolina should go and, and try to get him. He's going to Kansas. That's not going to happen either. You, you, you uh, The potential to add another 6'9 wing who's a legit 3 and D guy, a guy that Brennan is just a 35% three-point shooter for his career, but we, we've seen him get streaky at times, and when he's on fire, he can shoot with the best of them in the country. He's also a really good perimeter defender. He can guard seemingly the one through the four, but it really particularly the two through four spots because we saw that up close and personal in the second round of the tournament where he got switched on to either any of our guards or any of our wings, and he could hold his own on the perimeter. Like, I, I don't get the notion that Carolina doesn't need him. And I think with what Carolina did with Brady Manning and how Im- important he was to Carolina's stretch run the last month and a half of the season, Carolina is going to be the trendy place for perimeter shooters um, who, are in, who are in the portal to go and play at because of the style that Carolina wants to play, where it's it's free-flowing. It's kind of more of a of – a, um, NBA style um, system than, than than any other place and stuff like that. So you know it's it's going to be a fun place for 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 players to want to transfer and come play for. So I, I don't get the reason why they should not try to go get him um, if as long as there's mutual interest. And then that brings us to the logical question of of what does he bring um, to to Chapel Hill? And I just mentioned it. He's a perimeter shooter who can shoot. Lights out from behind the three-point line uh, when he gets hot. He's a great perimeter defender. Um, he's a great individual ball, uh, uh, a great individual defender and a, and, a, and a team defender. He's another ball handler, which is team. Um, you can never have too many ball handlers in this way that Heber Davis wants to play, a guy that you can have on the court with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love and the ball is, and the ball is to be in their hands. They can learn how to play off the ball a little bit. But I do think, and maybe you disagree, that the, the the potential addition of Mayer, what I guess now I'm not going to say add pressure to Carolina to win a national championship, but cement the fact that it's going to be at least in our minds national title or bust for the team in 2022-23. I mean, I think it's kind of that way, anyways. I I really, you know, and and again that that maybe that sounds. That, that that sounds a little stupid considering I just said that, you know, they, that, that I don't think that this is a team that is complete, fully complete without him. I still think they need to, I, but I, I think our expectations because of the guys that you are bringing back is going to be for this team to win a national championship because they are here for one goal. And I believe that they are going to tell you that when they are, sitting there doing preseason press conferences. I believe that Hubert Davis will probably tell those guys that in the locker room, that, look, you guys came back for one last run. You came back to avenge what happened last season. So I, you know, I, I don't, I, I think that would, that would probably be the best way to put it would be that it would cement the fact that, look, this team, I think what it would do more than anything is it would cement the fact that Carolina is probably the favorite to win the national championship in the preseason. And again, that doesn't really mean anything because we've seen plenty of teams before that have been preseason favorites and haven't gotten it done. 
Um, I mean, Gonzaga, they, they made a ritual out of that year in and year out now. So <laughs> I, I think that it's still something where you should not feel like that is like, that should not be a deterrent to say, well, this team, this team doesn't need more pressure. This team's going to be ready to handle the pressure. They know what their goals are. I don't really think they're going to look at it as pressure. They're going to look at it as an opportunity to avenge what happened to, to them last year um, in a game that they probably feel and, and probably still feel to this day uh, that they should have won. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I guess I get that mindset to a certain extent, but th- this is definitely an addition that would give Carolina what they need, would, you know, take away any questions of is Carolina, you know, still a team that has some defensive weaknesses over the long stretch. This would really shore up a lot of things for Carolina, and it needs, it, it needs to be an option for you because he seems to be pretty – receptive to what Carolina is laying out there. It's just at this point, you know, how long is it going to take? You know, is Carolina going to have a scenario where Pete Nance pulls his name out and maybe Pete Nance wants to commit first? Are they going to be in a scenario like that? But as of right now, uh, he's your guy. He's your one guy that is in the transfer portal that seems attainable because as you mentioned, it looks like Terrence Shannon is – pretty much locked into his Illinois commitment and, 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 and shouldn't blame him. I mean, he seemed, he, he waited a little bit for Carolina. That spot didn't come open and he decided to look elsewhere and found a spot he liked. But this feels like where Carolina should be focusing right now when it comes to filling that roster spot. Well, as for right now, that is all speculation um, as he still has now. Um, a, an, an, an entire offseason. There is a deadline, but that deadline is not really known when you have to be on a roster for the upcoming season. But um, he, he now has a little bit of time to make a decision where he will play his college basketball this upcoming season. As I mentioned earlier, he has been contacted by Carolina, Texas Tech, Illinois, USC, Memphis, Arkansas, and Alabama. But we believe, and it is perceived to be, that Carolina is the front runner for Mayor and his services. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll play this week's ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll, we'll finish up the show with some closing notes before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 dollars in free bets if they do looking to turn a small bet into a big day a big payday during the nba playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays you can do just that create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win total threes made total rebounds and more and boom you have a shot at an even bigger payout right now all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPNXX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. 
Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog side of things as we navigate our way through both the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Two quick closing notes for you on this edition of the show. Carolina will face the Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic at Madison Square Garden in December. Typically, that matchup is the Saturday before Christmas, but we will get that official date when Carolina releases their non-conference schedule later this offseason. And secondly, Reggie Bullock of the Dallas Mavericks, former Tar Heel, received the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award for his work in the social justice field or the, the social justice department off the court in the NBA. He's been a, a big part of, of raising awareness for the gay, the, the gay community, the African-American community um, and stuff like that. So all that hard work was paid off for Reggie Bullock as he received the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award for his work in the community in regards to social justice. This is going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to go to the website, HealToughBlog.com. You can go back and check out about Matthew Mayer's decision to enter the or, or withdraw from the NBA draft and enter the transfer portal 100% completely. Tar Heel Football just landed a commitment tonight of recording. Find out who that is and what he'll be bringing to Mac Brown and to the Tar Heels on the football field. All that great offseason content and more can be found at HealToughBlog.com. Dot com. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. You can rate, review, and subscribe no matter where you download. But we do encourage you, more importantly, to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the rest of the off season. This is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.